Hello and welcome once again to the Ask the Ed podcast, where you can get good life and Christmas present buying advice, as well as football talk. So, straight into the first question from Salah from the Liverpool site, who asks, Hendo is our captain, Ed, mate, and he deserved to be, in my opinion, but my next question to you is, whenever it may be, going on today's current squad, who would you have as the next captain if push came to shove? Many would say VVD, you may, but personally for me, it'd be young Trent, maybe a little too young. I don't know, but I think he'd make a fine captain and end up a legend for us. I personally think an on-field captain is better off in the centre, where he can be involved all over the pitch and be close to the action if needed to intervene to protect one of his teammates. Plus, I'm not sure Trent is vocal enough for the role, which is also the same reason why I wouldn't even consider someone like Robertson, Gomez, Keita, Wijnaldum, for instance. There are three main candidates for me, Van Dijk, Fabinho and the Ox. Ox would be the intelligent option. He's shown that he's got the, the brains to do it, covering for Coutinho at one point in a in an interview, things like that. And the one I would choose all being well, but he has far too many injuries. Like you say, Van Dijk is the one most people would pick, but I find his tendency to hand over responsibility far too easily when he should just deal with the ball, quite worrying for the captain. Instead of calling Alisson over all the time to deal with it, he should just take charge of it, get it out, and then ask it. Alison why he didn't come and deal with it so for me I would go with Fabinho another question from the Liverpool site is that of ONG1 who asks in the Premier League era what sale of a player do you think has been the most detrimental to Liverpool at any one time in pursuit of the title I think that is quite an easy question for me to answer as Xabi Alonso stands out a mile as the player that was the biggest mistake to sell. He was without doubt the best in his role in the world and made such a huge contribution to Madrid's team after his, after his sale. Xabi was a magnificent player and it was a huge loss. I loved Xabi. Now a question from the Wolves site and Oxley Moore Ron asks What's the point in players wearing numbers that bear no resemblance to the game? Well, that is quite simple, to be honest. While the main reason is actually for shirt selling purposes, there are a number of very good reasons to give players a squad number that they have to keep for the season. It is easier for the match officials and their paperwork purposes, which also makes it easier for the FA to keep track of an individual player for disciplinary purposes. They only need to get the player's number correct and they know exactly who has committed what offence. It's much easier to get a number from a player's back than ask a player's name and ensure the referee notes it down correctly so there is no later confusion. Added to that, it's easier for spectators to tell players apart both at the game and, at, and on TV. And for commentators, I suppose, as well. Though they still seem to get it wrong all the time. The Raver from the Spurs site asks, Do you see Spurs doing anything this season? Also, I want Daniel Levy out and I get slated for it. Do you agree with me on that? Well, I do worry about Spurs. They have so much potential, but each season they seem to be taking a step backwards rather than forwards. The arrival of Ndumbil... Belay is at least a year too late, great signing as I believe him to be, as though he's just recovering the ground that was given up last season without stepping forward for this one. If Pochettino doesn't win something with them this season, which will have to be one of the cup competitions in my opinion, then I just don't see it happening for him there. For me that is the key, they need to break Poch's duck and get something in the cup if they are ever to break the cycle of coming close and folding. I just don't see that happening this season, sorry. As for Levy... The difficulty is that he is a shareholder, which is why he's still there, as there have been at least two occasions that I know of that Joe Lewis has tried to oust him from the club, but his shareholding makes it extremely difficult. 
I do feel Levy has had his time. His presence is making it extremely difficult for Spurs to conduct transfer business, which is why no one arrived last season. It's not about money, it's that no one is keen on dealing with Levy. Do you then have to find someone to replace him, which is not going to be easy? I think that it is less of a problem than hanging on to him. He does do a good job of keeping wages down and costs in general, but there is more to the job than simply keeping a tight grip on purse strings. Red Devil fan from the Man United site says membership fees are commonplace. This site has been free for years and we like to keep it like that. However, would you consider a streaming channel for games and a pay-per-view or pay-to-watch group for VIP with comments? Unfortunately, you need a license to stream games and they are way out of our budget. Or did you mean streaming games such as video games rather than football matches? Rogie, 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 whatever his name is, Rogie Red, that's what we'll stick with. Rogie Red, off the forest site, has another vital question for me. He asks, hi again, Ed, this one's stumped me. Which is the best creosote to use on a north-facing fencing panel in my garden that is prone to damp? Is it the Bartolite oil-based non-bio creosote or the 500 dark wood preservative? Any help would be much appreciated. Rogie Red. Well, this question caused a fair bit of debate between the editors. Ed 2 suggested asking your butler to deal with it. Ed 3 advises you to go for the cheapest. Whatever you are doing, always go for the cheapest, he said. Ed 4 just wanted to remind you that when you use these kind of supplements, you have to remember to cycle on and off to protect your kidneys. Bless him, he does get a little confused. Ed 7 said he would ask his missus when she got home from work, as she does the manual labour in their house, or any kind of work really. Ed 18 suggested taking a trip to Home Depot, whatever that is. Our resident expert Ed25 said that Ron Seal are releasing a new Ed25 Ranger Creosote, which he highly recommends as it does exactly what it says on the tin. Unfortunately, all, he, all it seems to say on the tin is, may contain nuts and a list of side effects caused by breathing it in which included delusions of adequacy. Oh, and Ed33 asked me to remind you for health and safety purposes to remember to wear your helmet. He recommends a heavy-duty aluminium foil to make it from, as they can still read your mind if you use a standard foil, whoever they are. Another Man United question now, this time from Discount Dave, who says, I'd like to know your opinion on Scott McTominay. I doubt you've watched pre-season. It's not exactly the best time to judge a player, but even still he's looked immense for a young lad. He also trained through his entire holidays. That's a great mentality at a young age. Sorry for the essay, but basically, what's your opinion on him? You're certainly right that I've not watched any pre-season football. I gave up watching friendlies after the season Andre Voronin signed for Liverpool and fooled everyone into thinking he was a professional footballer in pre-season, only to turn out to be another one of George Ware's fake cousins when the real stuff started. I did see a fair bit of McTominay in the regular season, though, and he always impressed me. He's not a highlight real hero like Pogba. He performs for the full 90 minutes, but very rarely does the flashy stuff. What he does is generally effective rather than eye-catching. You could see his influence and confidence growing through the last season. I don't see him ever reaching the heights of a world-class player, but he's certainly going to be good enough to be a central figure in a team which wins trophies. He has a good eye for a pass as well, usually looking to move the ball forward. For me, he's the kind of player you build a team around for the future. Oak Bark, also from the Man United site, wants to know who my footballing hero as a kid was and why. That was Alan Hansen. I always dreamed of being a Hansen like central defender when I grew up. Unfortunately, I was always a short ass up until I reached about 16 or 17 when I grew up to become just about average height, so I never had a chance as a centre back. 
I just loved Hansen because he was not just an incredible defender, but because he made the game look easy by being in the right place rather than chasing after the game all the time. I've always liked players that make it look easy, not just because they're not because they're not trying, but because they do their job so well. They always seem like they're a step or two ahead of the rest. Everton site regularly eighteen seventy eight asks. Ed one, what is the one rule you would change or bring in or even remove to make the game better? Seen Simbins introduced, not convinced, though do work in rugby. I can see the merit in Simbins. I certainly wouldn't mind seeing them given a proper trial. For it, but for me, it's the offside rule that is ruining the game. Get rid of the phases and the rubbish about interfering with play, as you have to be interfering with play if you're on the pitch. Teams don't play an offside trap for no reason after all. It gets so confusing now with the different interpretations presented to excuse pure decision, poor decisions by the officials. Just clear it up and make it basic. Rules should be as simple as possible. If you're in an offside position, you're offside until you're getting an onside position. It should be that simple, really. On to Big V now. All in capitals, I guess to emphasise the bigness of the V, from the Man United site, who's asking... Do you think the standard of the fullbacks that are currently in the game today come close to the standard set by Roberto Carlos, Cafu, Ashley Young, etc.? Um, not so sure about Ashley Young being in there, but okay. But defensively, the level of fullbacks has certainly slipped in recent years, with the notable exception of Juan Basaka, who stands out precisely because he can still defend, especially one on one positions. He's excellent there. I have to say, I think Cafu was a lot better than Carlos defensively, who I would put below Ashley Cole in terms of all-round play, to be honest. Still, compared to the modern-day player, there has been a lower in the standard. I'm not even sure they are any better going forward than the likes of Cafu and Carlos either. There are exceptions, but I'm talking about the general standard, which is much lower. Players do not, in general, have the same level of football and intelligence as they used to. They rely so much on the coaching staff putting them into positions that they struggle to think for themselves. I mean, this is happening at a younger and younger age as well that they're doing this. You only have to look at the set-piece routines. Teams are so easily caught out by an opponent doing something different and no one on the defending team reacting to it because they're rigidly sticking to the role they're being assigned. That is the problem with fullbacks too. They just race forward as soon as their team gets the ball. There's no thought to it. Most of the time they'd be better off delaying their run as they're far too often getting so far ahead of the play that they end up standing around waiting for the ball and then receiving it while stationary. If they waited and ran at the right time, they can receive it on the run and burst through the defensive line at pace, which is much more difficult to defend against. So now a question from the Liverpool site, an NJ14 who asked a question that has been asked a thousand times already and answered almost as often, are Liverpool going for Coutinho? It seems that no matter what I say, or even Jurgen Klopp, who has said that it will not be happening, no one listens anyway. Liverpool have not made any attempt to re-sign Coots. The Sandon off the Liverpool site also asks if Harry is still hiding in my basement, and if so, what what do you feed him? Harry lives with the Hendersons, as I have no basement here. He subsists on a diet of wheat gruel and any earthworms he can catch. Robbie's line, also from the Liverpool site, is next. And he says, Hi Edwin, sorry if this is too personal. I understand you live spend a lot of time in the Middle East. Personally, I think getting out of Britain sounds like a good plan. Have you made a fortune from this site? It is a brilliant forum and it's a privilege to have the insight of the Eds. Was it your idea? I assume so as your number one. How did it come about? How long has it been about? I guess I'd just like to know a little history regarding Liverpool rumours. Apologies if my question is a little vulgar. 
Uh, don't worry, mate. It's it's no more vulgar than the site itself. Let's be honest. I have most definitely not made a fortune from the site or even close to one. From for the first few years, they made a loss. Since then, they have sometimes made enough money to live on, and other times made very little. Sometimes I've had to do a full time job and do the sites, and other times I'm able to exist on just what they make. The last few months, for example, we made virtually nothing as one of the two advertising agencies we used to provide ads went into receivership and the other one just stopped paying. Adverts online tend to pay roughly three months in arrears, so we lost three months' money and then had to wait three months after we found a new agency to take over, which, you know, we still haven't started getting that money yet. My parents will be glad when it does start paying, so I can pay them back what I've had to borrow in the meantime. Um, And yes, it was my idea. Ed 33 was at college studying web design and wanted a website for a project and asked me for ideas. He ended up doing a joke site, I think, in the end. It might even still be up there. But I came up with the idea for the Footy Rumours site and we decided to make it anyway just to see what happened. I didn't even have a computer then or access to the internet so I had no idea what kind of things were around but there was nothing to do with football rumours. You know, none of the BBC or the newspapers really reported on them. So I would write articles on paper and give them to Ed33 to type up. It was a different world then and mostly involved getting news by phone and then posting it up but you would have plenty of time before it spread, usually days, sometimes even weeks. Nowadays it all happens so quick that the news is everywhere, so fast that it's almost impossible to be first. But back in 2001 when we started, even the internet was slow. Mind it still is in Ed3's house as he is so tight, I mean frugal, sorry, that he is on dial-up or it could just be because he is in Blackpool and they haven't yet moved into the 21st century. Then there's a question from Donny Daz, who says, On the whole, would you say Mike Ashley has been good for Newcastle or bad regarding club's finances and sources of income making us profitable, carrying less debt? Cheers, Daz. Well, Ashley has certainly been good in terms of making the club run profitably. That can't be denied. It's just that so little of the potential money, you know, the profit, has been reinvested in the team itself and that so many sources of extra income are denied due to his giving his jumble sales direct free advertising. The free advertising alone is tens of millions of years that is not going into the club's coffers and probably explains his reluctance to sell as that as a valuable commodity to him. So I would say it was mixed. A well-run Newcastle should earn enough to compete financially towards the top end of the table, though there is no guarantee a new owner would run the club well. However, there is far more chance of the club being competitive without Ashley than with him. A couple from the Rangers site now, starting with Robbie G69 who asks, Hi Ed, what decade do you think has been football's greatest ever? It was before my time, so perhaps I'm seeing it through glasses rose-tinted by nostalgia and, you know, but for me, I would say the 1970s. Watching the footage from back then, especially that wonderful Brazil side of 1970, it looks so good. The players look like they're playing for fun rather than just for money. The tackles are still brutal and the players don't waste 30 minutes a game play acting. It just seems so much better. seems so much more real. And the second Rangers one is from Nice Day for the Walk, who asks, Ed, Ed one anything on Andy Carroll speaking to Stevie G? Heard from family in London there is talk in some quarters. I'm assuming you mean with regard to signing. I know they talk as their mates, like from their time at Liverpool. I know Carroll's looking for a club and trying to drum up interest, but so far has not been getting much. I don't know of any approach from Gerrard or, or Rangers, but like I said, they're friends and they know each other well enough that they could easily put together a deal quietly and it would not need to be within the transfer window even. So it could happen, but I've heard nothing regarding it, sorry. K 
King Carlos from the Liverpool site asks, what is worse, Liverpool fans going on about their sixth Champions League win or Manchester United fans still thinking they're an important club? As I'm probably one of those guilty Liverpool fans, I would have to say Liverpool fans going on about their sixth win. I'm sure I must be a nightmare for my friends going on about it. KC, at King Carlos, I mean, also asks, who in your opinion is the most underrated player in the English Premier League? I'm going to say Jan Vertonghen of Spurs. Everyone seems to forget about him when they discuss quality defenders, but he is top class. He, he was excellent last season. And finally, a last question from the Liverpool site again is from Gmail. And he wants to know, Ed, what Liverpool team would you consider to be the best that we've had? And who is your name and your starting eleven right now if you could choose any player in their prime that's ever put on a red shirt? On the red shirt, even. Well, the best was probably the side with Barnes and Beardsley. They were just so good to watch and took opponents apart with ease. Just a shame it never got to play in Europe to really prove itself. As for which player in their prime, the obvious answer is the best player ever, Kenny Dalglish. It is impossible to look past him, really. He was just so good. He's a fantastic player. So anyway, that's the end of another Ask the Ed for today. And hopefully I'll try and get another one out for you tomorrow.